so I lay on the bed with a pillow, and next thing you know, it's like 30 minutes later, and Liz is coming, and she's like, you sleep? And I'm like, no, I'm, I'm good. <laughs> <laughs> I was asleep. I was asleep. Go away. Tell me a reason to break things off. Stop the bleeding. But it was our season all that time ago. This is Bruce. And this is Mike. And you're listening to the Breaking. Episode, eh, I don't know what we're on, 61? 61, 61. Season, season 4, episode 21? <laughs> wow. Did you, do you know, um, it was really funny as I was listening to the uh, last podcast, we just referred to it as episode 20 most of the podcast. Did we? <laughs> yeah, we, it's like, eh, it was episode 60, but uh, the mic thing's finally catching on. It took until October to finally happen. It, it was an anniversary episode, too, and it, we didn't mention it. For being 60? Yeah. No, I think, we, I think at that point we got to renumber. <laughs> um, and you know, I don't think we need to take the Marvel DC approach to this right now. So <laughs> I'm thinking more like uh, Cosmopolitan magazine. Mm, is that what Cosmopolitan magazine does? I have no idea. And neither do I. I was really concerned if you uh, do, do magazines have, have numbers anymore. Does it matter? Uh, Isn't it more like June 2013? Yeah. Um. I, I guess when I think of like magazine numbers, I try to think of what a uh, 2080s on, but I think they're prog numbers. You know what I mean? Yeah. But I think they've even done different volumes of their progs too, haven't they? I have no clue. It's hard to keep track of what those crazy Europeans or those British do with their. European. It's like, what's a prog? What does that even mean, you crazy Brits and your there's, judge? There's magazine? been some progression. Is that what they're going? I for? have no idea. Okay, that was a good guess though. I'll yeah. Go. Yeah, you bought it. Yeah, but um, so tonight, uh, Bruce and I are gonna we're gonna we're gonna have a little fun, and we're gonna talk about um, uh, a hot new book. I guess I guess would you consider it a hot new book out? It's getting a lot of talk, isn't it? Is it? Well, I guess. Well, we'll we'll get to that in a minute. Uh, we're gonna talk about uh, the latest Matt Fraction book, um, Sex Criminals. Tonight, it was um. It was recommended to me, and a lot of the guys at the shop had talked about it. So I guess I don't know. That's that's my local <laughs> fix. So I don't know where everything or what people say about it and everything like that. But that's uh, that's where I got my. Well, I, I like Matt Fraction. I, I would I'd probably follow him darn near anywhere for at least an issue. Hmm. Did you did you read his uh? The, do you read his Marvel stuff then, or? Uh, I said darn near. Darn near anywhere. So you like him in the indie scene more than you like him in the uh, main, yeah. major scene. I, I his his uh, mainstream stuff. I like it in broad strokes. Mm-hmm. I hate I hate issue to issue. Okay, so you think his overarching stories are really good, but just some of the here to there details in his actual books are not that great. Yeah, it's I, I like the concepts. I don't like uh, mm-hmm. the fill in between the concepts. I gotcha. I, if the uh, if the big two were to do things like the independence. We would get two years worth of stories in three months. Yeah, instead of just like, oh, this is still happening right now. Why yeah, I mean, I, I hate to be the last guy in the world, so like, oh, decompression's bad, but it is. Yeah. <laughs> um, I, you know, I, I recently uh, I quit watching The Walking Dead, and uh, the guys I, I work with, they're still talking about The Walking Dead, and I said, so tell me what happened this episode, and they're like, well. Uh, uh, Rick, K- 
kick? Uh, do, you, do you care if I spoil anything? Um, I mean, I'm three years behind, so at this okay. point in time, I don't give a shit. You're going to forget by the time you get it. So yeah, he's like, oh, Rick, Rick kicked Carol out of, uh, out of the group. I'm like, well, you said they did that last week. So what did he do this week? Well, he was going to tell Daryl. I'm like, oh, and did he tell Daryl? Because that could be interesting. He's like, nope. But he talked about telling Daryl. Herschel told him not to. I'm like, okay, so is that the episode? No, no, I got really good at the end. I'm like, well, what happened at the end? The governor showed up. I'm like, oh, awesome. Did he drive a tank through the prison? No, he stood outside and watched him. Really? <laughs> so they they filled like 46 minutes with Rick not talking to someone and the governor watching. That's um awesome. How do you, every <laughs> time I see somebody post something about The Walking Dead, and it's usually followed by Jesus fucking Christ, this is the best thing ever. You know what I mean? Or something yeah. like that. And I'm like, how how can there be such a difference in opinion? Is it because people are that simplistic now, or is it I because think a lot of people like meth? <laughs> well, Breaking Bad just never... did wrap up, so that's probably why everybody's uh, all on meth now. So I I, I have no idea because there's a guy I work with Paul. He sets uh, diagonal from my cubicle uh, in his own little cubicle hell, and he loves the show. I mean, he's crazy about it. He's got an IQ of about seventeen. But he loves the hell out of that show. So I think it's just a bunch of him. And ratings-wise, it's a, it's a goddamn phenomenon. Right. Uh, and I, I, the, I, the first season moves at such a good pace, right? Like, the uh, first season was really compelling. It had some episodes where it, it, it felt like, uh, shit, we're short an episode. Can we divide this one into two? Oh, okay, that worked. And then next season, they're like, you know, we've got, like, three good episodes here. I'm sure we could stretch this out for 13. <laughs> Uh, a, a buddy of mine, uh, uh, another guy I work with, he uh, he said that usually he'll vacuum and like wash the dishes while it's on. He said I don't really miss much. Then what is he? Does he like the show then? Uh, I think he likes talking about the show more than oh, watching it. And maybe that's it. Maybe. He, he likes the water cooler talk. Yeah, talk it's just the social thing, maybe. Yeah. It'd be like me, I just. I don't know. I can't think of anything that, or like if, if watching The Walking Dead just so I fit in at work, right? Yeah, <laughs> yeah that's kind of what it is. People do that. Um, I'm trying to think, there's really no show. Like, there's one guy I work with who watches The Blacklist. Mm-hmm. Um, a couple of guys watch uh, It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia, but I we really don't have to be like, oh my god, did you see this show? Like, no. Usually it's like, oh my god, do you have that bootleg of this movie? Let's watch it at lunch. <laughs> Well, and uh, I guess we can kind of talk about this right now. So with all these uh, – with talking about comic book uh, shows and everything like that, that uh, there was a pretty big announcement from Marvel this week. Did you did you hear about this? About, yes. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I, yeah, I posted a little thing on Facebook. Yeah, yeah. Um, we, we need to reclassify uh, what we call a, a TV show. <laughs> because it's going to be on Netflix? Yeah. <laughs> okay. Yeah, but uh, Marvel – and Disney have made a deal with Netflix where they're going to – it was four different shows, wasn't it, that they're trying to get um, – Daredevil, Luke Cage, Jessica Jones, and Iron Fist. Okay. Which um, – It'll be four 13-episode series uh-huh. that will uh, – what's the word? Culminate? Yeah. Into a uh, two-plus-hour movie called The Defenders. Oh, really? Yeah. Just – so – uh, 
I've always been, well, I shouldn't say always, but I'm more of a DC person than I have been a Marvel. And there's, and don't, and I'm not trying to say I don't like Marvel books or anything like that. I'm just saying I, I don't know all the secondary characters as much as I do the DC stuff. But Jessica Jones is whom? She's, uh, Luke Cage's, I think, I think she's his wife now. She has, it, she had his baby. Mm-hmm. Um, it was a Brian Michael Bendis creation for his series, uh, Alias. Supposedly mm-hmm. she was an Avenger we just never heard of before. Uh, she has powers, but she was a private detective in her own series. Is this the main, is this the main, is this Jessica Gardner? Or, uh, um, no, no, no. No, no, no. Totally, okay. t- I mean, they existed at the same time, but they had nothing to do with each other. Okay, I get you. Um, I'm trying to think, what was her Avenger? Her Avenger name was something like Jim or Jewel or, I have no idea. She, she hated her code name, she hated her costume. I know she who Dazzler had, is, that's not Dazzler, okay? No, 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 no. It was like, she just, Hey, I got superpowers. I should be a superhero. And then she realized, nope, that's stupid. So then she became a private eye. Hmm. Um, so she's very street level. Interesting. And like I said, her and Luke Cage are together now. Uh, yep. Partnerships. Luke Cage. Jewel, the nitrous power woman. There you go. And she has flight, superhuman strength, and physical resistance. What does that mean, physical resistance? Uh, like durability. Oh, I get you. Okay. Like she, a bullet would probably bruise her instead of penetrating the skin. Mm. The tick would call it nigh invulnerability. That's funny. That's <laughs> he a, would, you know, he would. That's a good reference. I like that. Anytime you can reference the tick. I wish I could do a tick voice. Spoon. That's about as good as I can do. I, I, I'll, I'll try. One of my favorite lines he ever said was, uh, "Truth is a whistle, boy. Blow it. Blow." I think that might be a double entendre in there somewhere. Well, he said that he was just shaking Arthur's shoulders as he said it. Oh, I love that cartoon when I was growing up. I mean, I can barely remember anything from it. I just remember liking it a lot when I was younger. It was hilarious. I probably should watch it again some point in time. Live action show was canceled way too soon. Yeah, and man, what a great person to play the tick, too. Patrick Warburton? Yes. I'm thinking he's great in everything, because he makes sweet Brock Sampson. (sighs) And you know what? He doesn't even change his voice. His voice is just like, it doesn't matter what he does. He's just like, you know, we were talking uh, the last time about how, um, who is it, uh, uh, Sean Connery didn't change his voice when he played the Spaniard and, um, Highlander. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And then, uh, what's his name didn't change his voice for Robin Hood? Um, Kevin Costner. Yep. It's like, uh, Patrick Warburton does that too, but he's so charismatic, you don't care. (laughs) You know, like. Exactly. Like, I, he just does that same voice for everything, and you're like, ah, I, I, I totally buy that. This is a different person, but it's still the same person. You know? I, I think it comes down to uh, context and dialogue. Yeah. It's the same with uh, the Dietrich Bader. Oh, yeah, absolutely. He's he's a great character actor, too. Yeah. But I remember, uh, what was that, that Monster Hunter he played on The Grim Adventures of Billy and Mandy? Mm. Where he was, he was a cross between Snake Plissken and Ash. Yeah, I told like He had red hair and an eye patch, but he had like a chainsaw hand and a blue shirt. But I mean, it was like, wow, that guy does a great voice. And then I heard, he's doing Batman. I'm like, well, that's going to be awful. And then his Batman was just a sarcastic shit. Yeah, and I loved it. Uh, I, I still, I still like Batman Brave and the Bull. I don't care what anybody says. It's I, not I a bad cartoon. It's no. just, it's without his inner monologue. Yeah. That cartoon would have been awful. But just the fact that he acknowledged what was going on and thought it was ridiculous. Yeah. <laughs> Which is, in fact, ridiculous. Oh, yeah. And I was really hoping they'd have an Aquaman spinoff of that show. 
that, oh, my that was the, the greatest version of Aquaman ever. And let's not and, – and, and since we're still on this wild tangent, let's talk about great character voice actors. I mean, freaking uh, jo, uh, John DiMaggio. Or, yeah. Yeah, just – I mean, Bender uh, and, and Aquaman, and not to mention – I think he also did – who else did he do? He's Jake on Adventure Time. Yeah, um, but no, he he did several voices for um, uh, for Batman: Brave and the Bold. He also did uh, shit. Uh, I could, he had a he did a growly. Oh, uh, uh, Gorilla Grodd. He did Gorilla Grodd oh, too. Yeah, nice. Yeah, and then uh, he actually does um a pretty good Joker for Batman Under the Red Hood. That adaptation. Or adaptation. No, he was a Joker then. Yeah, it's that's uh, a guy that came out of nowhere and just got big all of a sudden. Yeah. Me and Crichton were there for a while. We were going back watching Futuramas until Crichton told me to buy his shiny metal ass. Oh God. Uh, (laughs) Instantly. Yeah, I'm like, oh no. Um, (laughs) But uh, you can really tell a difference in like the first two or three episodes. Uh, DiMaggio didn't quite have Bender down. Right. Like it was fluctuating, and it's funny because there's. There's one episode, I think it's in like the first episode, uh, where in the beginning, Bender, you know, kind of a negative, angry guy, but still mm-hmm. a, a decent robot for the most part. Right. And there's this moment where Fry talks him into like, he walks into a light bulb and gets shocked. From that point on, he's a horrible person. Yeah. So I, I blame Fry. <laughs> well, where Bender. he's like, uh, he's like, if somebody told you to jump off a bridge with you, he's like, I'd have to check my programming. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> and then he like he's like, no, ben, Bender, you need to bend your way out of this. And he gets uh, he electrocutes him so that way it like messes up his programming and yep. everything. Yeah, that really does set the tone for the rest of the uh, show. Yeah, because it's all downhill for Bender from yeah. point forward. Oh man, but it's he's so awesome at the same time. <laughs> oh, but uh, yeah, with the, with uh, going back to the Defenders now, uh, with these shows, like, how do you think this is gonna work out with them being on Netflix? Do you think this will work? Um, I'm curious about the budget. Yeah, that's a good point. I think with, um, with enough money, anything will look good. Right. Or if they go into this cognizant of their budget and aim low, it could look good too. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think they picked good characters for something this low, this potentially low budget. Well, yeah, you don't. Uh, I guess the only one who really has a lot to do is uh, Iron Fist, right? Well, I, it, it depends on what you mean by a lot to do. I mean, Daredevil, you're going to have to cut to some sort of Echo Vision type of thing. I guess that's true. And he, but they, but they were able to do that in Smallville. Dude, okay. Well, like, I, I, I have no idea what the budget for Smallville was. Oh, that's a good point, too. Um, and That was Jeff Loeb money right there, buddy. Luke Cage is you know, super strong, so he's going to be lifting things and punching things, right? Is he actually super strong? I thought he was just invulnerable. Is he invulnerable? I don't you know, know. Now, now that you mention it, he doesn't really like pick up things, but he does break through a lot of walls, doesn't he? Yeah, because he uh, it doesn't bother him. But wouldn't he have to be super – okay, if you're invulnerable and you punch a brick wall, it just doesn't hurt your hand. To break uh, through the brick wall, you'd have to be super strong, wouldn't you? I would think so. I'm trying to look at it. Because somebody used to tell me about how Luke Cage was one of the most pointless uh, superheroes of all time. Let's see. Okay, here you go. Ability, superhuman strength, stamina, and durability. Okay. Unbreakable skin is highly impervious to damage and temperature. Accelerated healing factor, excellent street fighter, and hand-to-hand com- uh, combatant. How convenient that his skin is almost impenetrable, and he has a healing factor. So what yeah. does get penetrated? <laughs> the Bahamans always going to be on there for him. Yeah, I mean, those are kind of redundant. That's yeah, like saying he's super strong, and he can decrease the gravity uh, gravitational pull on everything. 
Well, why does he need to be super strong then? Just in case. Just in case. Okay. Because if he needs to, like, you know, throw Jupiter at some point in time, he can't decrease that much gravity. You know what I mean? He's got to be able to. He's got to be have something that kind of. You're not throwing Jupiter. It has its own gravity. I I don't know. Thank God that that's not one of his powers. Yeah, I know. but, okay, so let's see, super strength. I mean, they're going to have to, like, blow up buildings and knock over things, right? I guess. I, I see. Like I said, I didn't know my my Marvel superheroes. Now, Iron Fist, on the other hand, you just you need to get a guy that can fight and add some glowing effects to one of his hands. So Jackie Chan? Uh, well, you know, this is an opportunity for them to go Asian. Is he actually an Asian person? No, he's a white blonde, blue-eyed guy. Hmm. I just can't. Uh, th- it was just really funny as I was thinking about like most of these characters. Most of these characters got kind of big from, I guess, three of Marvel's bigger writers recently too, and that would be no, no, no. You're gonna Heroes for Hire was huge in what the 70s and 80s. No, I know. I but what I'm saying like they've had recent turnarounds because of Bendis, uh, Fraction, and um, Brubaker. Is what oh, I was okay. say. Yeah, you're thinking like the uh, Iron Fist. Yeah, that uh, Fraction so- and series, Brubaker. and it was yeah. with, uh, Aja. And then. Um, uh, I mean, Bendis and Brubaker both have ridiculous runs on Daredevil. Yeah. And, um, I mean, and Bendis, and so I think. So does Kevin Smith. Yes. And, well, he only has seven issues. It's good seven issues. Yeah. But it, stuff um, happens. Right, stuff does happen. And then, uh, who is the, um, and then Bendis, I think, well, clearly that's his own character for the Jessica Jones, but, uh, he loves Luke Cage because he puts him in every book he does, you know what yeah. I mean? So. So who, who are we forgetting? Who's the? Oh, I guess yeah, that is all four of them. Yeah. So I mean, it's just there's kind of three three premier writers who have really had their way with it. You know what I mean? Yeah. Well, now what about actor wise? Who do you think they're? You think they're going to aim for movie stars? I don't know. Everybody keeps talking about the Rock for Luke Cage. I mean, is that does is that he make black sense? now? <laughs> I know, right? It's like wait, he's Samoan and American, right? I okay. don't. The way it usually works is you, you can make a, a white character black. Mm-hmm. You can't make a black character white. Well, I think that's the, racist at that the, point. The Rock is black and Samoan. He's, no. he's both. I'm, no, he I'm really black. is both. He may he may be, but you look at him. He's pretty pale, right? He's a whitish guy. Yeah. Now, like Vin Diesel, I could buy. He's not Caucasian. He's Italian though, isn't he, or something? I, I have no idea. <laughs> Um, Doesn't look like me. That's all I know. <laughs> Have you ever watched Squidbillies? <laughs> no. Um, I, well, I, I I've seen like two episodes of it. I know what you're talking. There's just about. there's one part where, you know, like they're they're all kind of racist on that show, and mm-hmm. uh, this one of the guys was trying to get uh, one of the Squidbillies to be like a spokesperson for uh, the KKK, and they're talking about a. Uh, He's like, how do you feel about foreigners? And he said, if you don't look or talk like me, you can hang from a tree. <laughs> wow, I won't go that far. I'm okay. just, That's I'm just saying, Vin Diesel's not a white guy. I'm trying to think. Is he Greek? He's got like some Telly Savalas thing going on. Maybe. Olive skin, bald head. I have no. It doesn't matter. Luke Cage is a black guy. Who do you who do you pick for Luke Cage? Like, I mean, that's not like um. I don't even know. Like, who? Not Terry Crews. I would not go. <laughs> I would watch everything that Terry Crews is in, though. That guy's hilarious. Are you watching uh, Brooklyn Nine-Nine? Was he on that show? Oh, yeah. Oh, he's the, uh, isn't he, like, the um, the captain or something? Nope, that's uh, and- Andre Brower. Oh, okay. Huh. 
But Terry Crews is ripped enough to do it, though. You know what I mean? But I, he's an older guy, and yeah, I guess he, he couldn't pull off any dramatic element whatsoever. He was in the Expendable movies, for God's sake. Who? So who do you think? And okay, know. so what, what kind of age do you look for? You, you look for a younger guy, and, and you, you try to lock him down for as long a period of time as possible. I'm trying to think of a like. Do you almost have to find um. And, and, and don't think this, and think I'm meaning this guy, obviously, cause this isn't, but somebody, when you think of like, who, who can act, but also has to be physically compelling, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, uh, you remember Jim Brown in, um, uh, what the, uh, what was the World War II movie he was in with, um, Clint Eastwood? Why, why am I blanking on that? Kelly's Heroes, was that, was that him and Kelly's Heroes? I don't. I don't think there was a black guy in Kelly's Heroes. No, then I have the wrong movie. Then there was Clint Eastwood, Telly Savalas again, uh, Donald Sutherland. I like Kelly's Heroes. Don Wrinkles is in that. No, it's not. It's not that one. Um, he uh, he was in a movie, but like he kind of has to just. You, you need a. You need an athletic person who can kind of act. Is what I'm. Yeah, to say. I, yeah. I think. Okay, have you seen uh, the guy who's playing Star Lord in Guardians of the Galaxy? The Dirty Dozen. He was in the Dirty. He Dozen. was in the Dirty Dozen. Yeah, that's what it was. I'm sorry, who, who were we saying now? But you, you, have you seen the guy who plays Star-Lord in Guardians of the Galaxy? Uh, I can't remember his name. Um, okay, so he's in Parks and Rec. Okay. He's like yeah, the, yeah. Yeah, the heavyset, heavy blondish, white guy yeah. that can't grow a beard. Okay, and then Guardians of the Galaxy, he lost like 100 pounds. Okay. I mean, so I think you just find someone who can act, and then you tell him to do some push-ups. <laughs> Is that what you have to do? No. Yeah. That'd be, uh, huh. You just need youngish black guy who, uh, can act. Cause, I mean, I'm guessing Nicolas Cage, they're gonna do the, not Nicolas Cage, Jesus Christ, uh, <laughs> Luke Cage, they're gonna do the whole prison thing, right? I guess so. I, you're, you're telling me you're the Marvel guy, I don't know. Well, I, they, they can't make him a mutant or anything like that. And he did get his abilities from uh, an experiment conducted on prisoners. Oh, okay. That would make sense. Yeah. Like, I, not like the Tuskegee, but like the Tuskegee, you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, um, I mean, they got to have somebody who looks convincing that he could have made some bad decisions. And now he's... Or, or had the rap pin on him or something like that. He's uh, atoning for that. And uh, I liked that, what was that, uh, Kyle Baker series where it's like, he went back home, you know, tried to clean some things up. Right. I like that idea, and that's a pretty good story. I think that's what uh, Eric Kennedy's little miniseries was about as well. Hmm. Luke Cage, like going, you know, taking it back to the streets and... Using his his superpowers to get rid of regular bad guys, you know. And I, I hate saying it because I'm. I mean, maybe it's like a too soon. But the the guy who played uh, Cyborg in Smallville and then played uh, on a Rizzoli and Idols before he had committed suicide. He yeah, I think he, I think he was a little too clean cut though, wasn't he? I think so. Yeah, oh, you think you need more of a rugged look? Yeah, you need somebody. 50 Cent, you need 50 Cent doing it, is that what Yeah, it I is? don't want to say, like, thuggish, but, I mean, definitely somebody who is believable, a believable criminal. Right, I get you. You know, somebody who you could see making bad decisions. So what about, uh, since you know this Jessica Jones character better than I do, what, who do you think for Jessica Jones? Was she actually in the TV show, or just in the comic version of Alias? She, <laughs> the two had nothing to do with one another. Oh, really? Yeah, they were just named the same thing, around the same time. Both by Brian Michael Bendis. Brian Michael <laughs> they, they, said nothing to do with the TV show. That was J.J. Abrams. Oh, okay. Thank you. See, I don't. I didn't watch Alias, so I didn't know. Well, neither okay. did I. 
It's confusing because the logo looks similar to us. I, <laughs> I just remember the DVD sets, man. That's, That's why they're not going to be able to call the Netflix series Aliens. <laughs> right. Uh, so, what, uh, what, who do you think's a character for this? Now, see, with her, I think you could really go with any young, pretty girl. Because Jessica Jones, she was that, that superhero. You know, she had the white spandex costume and, and stood there and smiled and everything. And then she realized, this isn't for me. So she just has to be able to pull off jaded. I don't think there's any sort of physical characteristics that, that need to be embodied by her outside of she has to look attractive. Hmm. Does that make yeah. sense? Yeah, that makes sense. So you're saying it's a diamond dozen is what you could say. Uh, yeah, it. I don't want to shortchange anybody, but yeah. Um, so Christian Kerr can do it again. <laughs> no. I know. Please do God. No. Um, what about Daredevil then? Uh, yeah, and I think he's too old for it now, but I've always wanted to see Guy Pierce be Daredevil. Uh, yeah, I don't think that's going to work anymore. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. He's a little too old for it now, but don't you have to, well, so here's the thing. I would think that you would want to keep most of these people young, but look at like all the people that are in the Avengers. You know what I mean? Like, everybody's... Robert Downey Jr. is the oldest one, isn't he? And he's in his 40s? I think it isn't... Uh, Jeremy Renner, isn't he close to his 40s? I have no idea. Hmm. I have no clue. I don't... I thought he... Uh, well, I, I guess the oldest one would actually be Samuel Jackson. Yeah. Um, but uh, I thought everybody... I guess Chris Hemsworth is really young. And Mark, Mark Ruffalo, I think, no, it's, it's, I think Mark Ruffalo yeah. is just the, or just under, uh, Donnie Jr. and then Jeremy Renner. He's probably in his late thirties though, I think Jeremy Renner is, so. That's still not that old. Right. I guess I can't say much because I'm, I'm now 30, so. Yeah. <laughs> um, hmm. So it'd be interesting to see where they go with that. I, I really want to know who they're going to do with Iron Fist because I think that's the one, Iron Fist and I think, uh, Daredevil seem the most compelling stories to me. Personally. It, it depends on which Iron Fist story they use. Okay. Because I've also read some really boring Iron Fist stories. Uh, I mean, in, name an Iron Fist villain. I don't, I can't tell you one. Well, why don't we take a break and you can think about it. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> we'll, we'll be right back. All right. And welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to part two of another long episode of The Break-Ins. <laughs> episode 61! Um, and uh, Bruce, uh, when we were looking into uh, the um, the villains for Iron Fist, what did we find out? Uh, just a bunch of old guys with weird names. Yep, there you go. And a building. So. And, and a building. <laughs> Moving on to comics people will read. Yep, so uh, uh, Bruce and I uh, have recently uh, partaken in reading uh, Sex Criminals by Matt Fraction, who, ironically enough, did co-write uh, Iron Fist with uh, Ed Brubaker. Well, I feel like and, you need to mention the artist, too. I don't want to be that guy. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Chip Dzarski, mm-hmm. or Zadarski. I mm-hmm. think it's Zadarski, yeah. Yeah, I'll go with you. Okay. Because I don't know. Um, do you know, do you know if he's done anything prior to this? I'm, yeah, I've heard his name before, don't remember on what. Okay, I got you. Um, so, Sex Criminals, the, uh, the basic premise of this book, and, and this is, uh, this is the thing where I'm like, well, how do I, not how do I not buy this? Release the first issue of this book because <laughs> when uh, they, they said pretty much I said this girl when she has an orgasm time stops and I was like go on and they said and so she can live in this world where after she 
has an orgasm, she can just, you know, kind of do what she wants to do. She then finds a guy who, when they both have sex together, they both have the exact same thing happen where time stops. Yep, Suzanne and Jonathan. Yep, and they they become criminals because of this. (laughs) And I was like, okay, I'll buy the first issue. (laughs) All aboard. Yeah, I don't know if it's uh, something I'll stick with, but I was like, that's a compelling enough thing to make me wonder, like, where does this go? Something that distracted me, and it, it's, it's a visual thing, something that distracted me early on when I started reading this was, it's it's Clark Kent and Lois Lane. Like, visually, it's Clark Kent and Lois Lane. Um, Actually, seeing the... Uh... I almost feel like the guy is based off of Matt Fraction, believe it or not. It could be. I think he's got a smaller nose. Yeah. But just looking at the picture in the back of issue two. Oh, where he's like shirtless getting pierced. Yeah. It kind of looks like, like the first issue, first couple of pages. I'm like, is this some sort of Superman analog thing? Because right. I, I thought, oh, their powers won't have to do with. You know, I, I, mean, I wasn't aware that it was time travel or time stopping. But I don't know. I go back to, I think it's that whole. It's it's Superman and, and Lois Lane. Well, not even Superman. It's Clark Kent because he keeps the glasses on. Right. I mean, and obviously when he uh, he comes, he doesn't kill her either, too. So there's that. No. Going back to the whole uh, Mallrats thing. <laughs> oh, which uh, I just listened to a podcast with Kevin Smith where he's talking about there's a Man of Steel woman of Kleenex. Man of Steel. Which woman. I think I think was written by Larry Nevin. Hmm. I think I have no idea. Could be horribly wrong. Um. Either way, um, so these sex criminals, they, they, like you said, they, they rob things when, yeah. when time is stopped. And there's like this time sex police department thing that is yeah, just barely alluded to, but alluded to in such a fashion that I am hooked. Really? Excited. I want to know what happens next, don't right. you? I mean, yeah. I'm imagining like the, okay, so the, these, these cops are going on duty and they're just, furiously masturbating, getting ready for <laughs> somebody to break the law. It's like coming right to the, the, the cusp. You yeah, know? there's like, yeah. like, we got a, we got a 419 department. Yes! <laughs> I love busting criminals because my cum floats in the air and it's amazing. First you bust a nut, then you bust a criminal. And it's just, what a good day. What a good day. This is this is an R-rated one, definitely. Yeah. Oh, it, well, the best thing was at the back of the uh, the first issue, it said, uh, oh, God, hold on, i got to find it real quick. Oh, where it's, uh, you've been reading Sex Criminals? Shame on you. Yeah, it's, well, it says, um, hold on. Damn it. For mature readers, duh. Don't sell this to, to a kid. What are you nuts? Seriously. <laughs> well, I like the little thing down at the bottom of issue one where it's like, this book is dedicated to brave men and women who love to fuck. <laughs> and then what is the, the, the back of the second issue said something really funny too. It says, uh, for mature readers, duh, there's like an entire scene that takes place in a sex shop. <laughs> this book, I mean, everything is what well, uh, the covers. I love the covers. Yep. It's very that simplistic. very simple. It's, you know, a, a character silhouette on a color and there's some effects coming out of it. Mm-hmm. Um, I loved the, the previously page on issue two. Yeah. I thought, man, that is brilliant. I mean, that just gets you right into the comic and it trails off. It's like no one cares. 
is all oh. text. It just bleeds off the page. And yeah, the, the story, I mean, it's narrated by, by Susie. And she has this very matter-of-fact type of, well, this is just the way it is. Yep. Don't question it. Life is weird. And then uh, the artwork is really good, too. It's, um, it's kind of cartoony, um, which I think really tones the rest of the book for it, too, because I think if somebody was drawing this like a photorealist, that it would be um, – like, you don't want to be like, well, these are naked people that you're just drawing, and you it, this should be artwork somewhere, you yeah. know what I mean? Well, I think the, the car, some of the cartoony aspect has to do with the coloring. Yeah. It's a very simple, like, cell-shaded coloring. And some of it has to do with the proportions. Like, the, uh, the main character, Jonathan, uh, Clark Kent, he's got a large nose. Right. And, and Susie, Suzette, whatever, she's got big eyes. You know what I mean? He, they're exaggerating features of these people. Yeah, and I, I, I think... I think that's the thing that makes the book fun about it too. Like, I think if it was like, um, I just, I keep going back to like George Perez's like art style in like the late eighties or early nineties that I'm like, or Brian Hitch can't draw this book. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like this, yeah. this book would be like, it, there'd be super detailed penises everywhere or something yeah. like that, you know? And I, I think part of the, the style really helps too. Cause I mean, we're seeing these characters throughout different moments of their lives right? as they're discovering themselves and their abilities. And, you know, giving Susie the same haircut throughout, you know, and the same shape of the eyes throughout, and then giving Jonathan that freaking nose. Yeah. You instantly tell him out of a crowd. You know, he's yeah. 20, 20 years younger. He's got a different haircut. You know, he's got that horrible little Mexican mustache we all had growing up. <laughs> and uh, you're, you're instantly like, oh, okay, I know who this is, where it's going. It's a, it's a fun book, man. It's a, I'm, I'm interested to see where it goes from here. It's just, it's funny, some of the, like, the dialogue that's used into it. It's yeah, you were talking about that before we started recording, how you'd thought Matt Fraction had a 17 year old girl tied up in his basement. Well, it's just, it, it's, it, it's, there's like, well, this fucking guy, this fucking guy, you know, like, like yeah. you can hear like this girl's like, like, why do I like this guy? But this guy, there's something about him, you know, that I really just, you know, drives me crazy about, him, you know, yeah, and it, it just sounds like a teenager. Well, or he's, he watched Juno a couple of times. I think, so. yeah, exactly. Like, uh, like I can just see this Matt Fraction just going, you know, uh, he's the cheese to my macaroni, you know. So, yeah. <laughs> but um, I'm glad you liked it. I'm glad you. I was. I hadn't heard much about it online. Uh, you know, I don't really talk to many people who read comics anymore. Right. And uh, I, I, I like Matt Fraction. Like I said before we started recording, I, I follow him almost anywhere. What other books do you read by Matt Fraction? I, I really like Casanova. I liked I liked the beginning. Oh, the, that's right. With the uh, yeah, yeah, Gabriel Ba and uh, Fabian Moon. And I like I like his ideas in comics. I just don't like the execution. I, I like the idea of like Iron Man, you know, having to, to essentially reboot his mind. I liked that. I thought, but okay. that, that but yeah, that dragged on for way too long. The start yeah. disassemble thing was yeah, it's like forever. get in, get out, man. You know. Yeah. Um, I, I want to like his Thor stuff, but it's to listen to him talk about it on different podcasts. He seems passionate about it, but reading his Thor stuff, it's just devoid of all joy. It's, and it's, he came in in an unfortunate time period. You think about Thor, where, where Thor was, you're, you're coming off the, the Straczynski run, which people masturbate to furiously. Yeah, but did that end? Cause Straczynski yeah, usually doesn't finish things. He, he did a giant size finale for it. Oh, did he? Oh, that's yeah. right. That's uh, Oliver Coypel did some of it. And then um, the uh, 
the one guy that everybody fucking loved for the longest time, who had that very photorealistic, uh, it looked like Franzetti was doing the artwork. Oh, uh, Ariel Avaletti? No, 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 no. Um, oh, oh my god, I used to, he's like a Russian dude or something, I can't think what the hell this guy's name, I'll have to look this up real quick. But anyways, um, Was he the guy that did Extremis with, uh, no, not him either. Not, not um, Abby Granoff? No. It, uh, he, he was one, uh, do you remember when Marvel did that, uh, the young guns of Marvel and everything like that? And, uh, he was one of those people. I, I used to know this name too. Oh, it's like Dijavorak or something like that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, Mark, Marco Dijavorak or Dijavorak or something. He does interiors? Yeah. He, he only did, I think he did like, uh, he did part of the, 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 the God Size finale. Yeah. And then he did, I think, three or four inch issues because uh, Oliver Capel was just running so far behind. I read a, I didn't read it. I listened to an interview podcast. I, I think, I can't remember who it was. So it may have been Sidebar. And he was talking about, um, he was fast. Like his, his claim to fame, the reason he got so much work, he was really fast. He could crank out like a cover a week. You know, these beautifully painted things. And he's like, you know, I do it all digital. And he talked about working in comics. He could only afford to stay in comics because he could crank out a cover a week because he was getting paid significantly more money to do like concept art and designs for movies and TV shows and action figures and video games. Hmm. He, it, it essentially came down to comics was a lower bar to aim for. Yeah. They would accept work that these other places wouldn't. I get you. In the time he could crank it out. It's like, geez, he just took all the passion out of that. <laughs> when, when, when he explained his, his life, I'm like, look at you, you lucky son of a gun. I know, right? And he's like, well, well, it's just something to do for money. Yeah, he's a, he's West German. It says he was born in West Germany when it was West Germany, so at the time. But he's from Serbian descent. His, uh, like, Google his uh, He-Man redesigns. They're amazing. He's a, I mean, he's got a great art, but it's just, it was such a, a stark contrast to, um, <laughs> to Capel's work, you know what I mean? Like, his covers were gorgeous. I mean, oh, yeah. he had some, uh, Daredevil covers that were beautiful. Don't get me wrong, I, I completely agree, but this is, this is like, um, I don't know, this, I, I, I don't know, just having that, this is like Kyle Baker and, uh, Anybody else working on the same books? The same <laughs> Anyone books. else? Yeah, it's like Kyle Baker and Ethan Van Skyver in the same room working on a book. Like, that doesn't make sense. And this was there. all in, in the final issue of Thor? Yeah. Or so, Straczynski's final issue of Thor. Yeah, exactly. Not, not so, the final but, but the point I'm trying to get to is Fraction came into Thor at a weird point in time. So he's got um, – he takes over. Siege happens, which uh, Siege was written – was that written by Fraction? No, that was written by uh, – Bendis, because yeah, Bendis was shitting out events like crazy. Everybody gets a hammer. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> everybody gets a hammer. And then... Um, that should have been the subtitle of that series. Yeah, because he was doing Thor, and then Thor was going to... Um, what was the name of that? Mini what Matt Fraction did get to do a... Uh, uh, a, a crossover, and I can't think of what, what that one was, where everybody became afraid of something. I can't remember. Uh, Fear itself. Fear itself, thank you. Everyone and, gets their hammer taken away. Yeah, <laughs> and Thor, Thor supposedly dies. And No, no, Fear itself is the one where everyone gets a hammer. Yeah. Siege was Norman Osborn trying to take down the gods. Yeah, the Asgardians. 
I was, man, not only was an asshole, but I was an incorrect asshole about that. Quit being a prick. But anyways, but, um, he, uh, so Thor dies and journey, and then it becomes journey in the mystery and it's about Loki. And then a new Thor rebooted up. There's like, Oh, Thor's dead. Bucky's dead. Oh wait, they're really alive. Like that's the, I, I, that was the one thing that killed me about fear itself. It's like you killed all these important people. And then all of a sudden you're like, but they're not really dead. Like you explained it in the epilogue books too. Like that was the weird thing. <laughs> they're fine. And it's like, it's like, those guys are dead. But there's a new Thor book that's getting ready to come out, and there's going to be a, a Winter Soldier book coming out. Who's, so. who's the last character that stayed dead more than six months? Uh, Nova? He's been dead for a while now. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I was trying to think of anything. I mean, he died uh, at the end of uh, and I, or, um, Annihilation, wasn't no, it? No, was it was Secret Avengers, wasn't it? Didn't he die in Secret Avengers? No, no, no. Him and Peter Quill, they sacrificed their lives to contain the cancer universe. Okay. So that wasn't, well, that was Annihilation, wasn't it? Was that Annihilation? It's got to be Conquest. Conquest, yep. They died. No, in, wait, no, but he, Nova was in uh, the, the Annihilators miniseries. Okay, then it was at the end of that miniseries. Okay, maybe because that, that was, was with Silver Surfer and Beta Ray yeah, Bill. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, maybe that's what it was. What, whatever it was, it was Star Lord and him. And they they sacrificed themselves. They gotta be coming back. Are, are they are they back? Star Lord's already back, but I, I haven't read that series because I don't believe in Brian Michael Bendis. I think he's an idiot. He's, he's a fiction. Yeah, uh, and, he's, he's and, like the Tooth Fairy, but people can't have bad ideas. Yeah, I know, but he's got sideburns. He's got sweet sideburns in this one cover. <laughs> uh, it's the Stuart and Monin cover, I think, where it's yeah, yeah, yeah. The, the, the teenage X-Men are now the real X-Men or whatever. Right. And Star-Lord's in the background. It's like, man, he's got some awesome sideburns. I thought he was like 11 years old. That's funny. And, like, he's standing behind Gamora, like, really close to Gamora. It's like, come on. What Star-Lord are you? Um, the other thing I was gonna say though uh, was, uh, but the, the thing with Fraction is like, he, like I was saying, he came in between this weird place, and Jason Aaron's now taking over Thor, and people love Jason Aaron on Thor now too. You know what I mean? It's the beard. It, probably. <laughs> but I'm just saying, like, he's in a weird spot for where he took over for Thor, even though he was on Thor for a while. It's like, this would be like you or like if you were to draw Thor in between Jack Kirby and Walt Simonson. Oh, you'd be screwed. Yeah, you would be. Dick, no matter how, how good you did, I mean, you, yeah. you're, you're in between. Legends. Yeah. Icons. Industry icons. So, um, but yeah, so, I mean, but to go back to sex criminals, yeah. It, <laughs> <laughs> to, to go back to that thing from 15 minutes ago. People were jerking off in the time freezes and everything like that. It, it's a good book. It's entertaining. I, yes. I I hope it's selling well. I mean, the the art is good, the coloring mm-hmm. is good. Uh, Do you you know who Philip Bond is? Yes. It, it, that art reminds me a little bit of Philip. I think I of, like totally when, see that. When, when I look at that, I kind of it reminds me a little bit of uh, I or Kill Your Boyfriend. Yep, and it also panel structure is very Philip Bond like as well. Yep. And uh, that that made me happy when I was looking at this, and I'm like, yeah, I I, I can dig this. So, <laughs> and the best part is, is you know, I actually bought the, uh, you know, I have the first issue, and um, if if I'm lucky, in five six months, people will be like, oh hey, that's a thing now, and I'll be able to uh, sell it back for more books. So, because that's what happens with Image Books, the price gets shot up on them like crazy. Yeah. These books. So, 
But I think we're uh, we're we're ready for a uh, break again, aren't we? Taking a break. Taking a break. Property, property, boop. And now it's sad time, Bruce. It's time for us to say our goodbyes. To all our family. That was nice. I should have harmonized with you there, but I didn't. I tried to harmonize with myself. <laughs> You're, you, you do a one-man barbershop quartet. <laughs> oh, that makes me think of the uh, Captain America trailer. What are you doing this Saturday night? Well, all the guys from my barbershop quartet are dead, so... Uh... Nothing. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, wow, Steve. Really? We can joke yeah. about that now? Everyone yes. new and loved is dead? Too soon? No, not too soon. Well, I think, uh, well, I guess we'll talk about it just real quick, but I thought I saw where the, uh, the, the, the agent from, uh, his love interest from the first movie is supposed to show up around, uh, this movie too. Carter? Yeah, Agent Carter. As an old woman. Yep. Yep, and she got her own mini episode thing. Yeah, we, I, I, I've always been kind of figure, wondering, like, Aren't they trying to do a couple of those? Yeah, I think they've they've done some for the last couple of movies. Where did where do they where do you get them? On the Blu-rays. Oh, they're on the Blu-rays. Yeah. Off the which ones do they show up on? Are they is it like on my Captain America Blu-ray? I have no idea. I don't I don't own it. I'll have to look at it. I have it. I, I just have it. All that stuff's on Netflix now, and it's like, why would I need to run out and buy the Blu-ray? I don't know. So I got it for like a killer deal on Black Friday last year. I think I got it. For I, like I wanted like the Avengers Phase One, like the the briefcase and all that, but the price oh, yeah. has never dropped on that. Oh yeah, the thing it's ridiculous. Oh, but it's everything. Yep, it's everything. Everything you ever wanted. You know what I want right now? I, I want to know where I can man. find this podcast. Oh, dot com. <laughs> and also we're, we're we're on iTunes, right? Yeah, and still as uh, the break-ins. As the break-ins, yep. The break uh, we got the Facebook. Yeah, we are explicit. We're getting slightly more explicit every day. Um, yeah. We uh, we have the Facebook page. Uh, the Facebook. We got the Twitter. The Twitter. Which uh, their stock just went public, and man, it was yo-yoing all over the place. Really? Yeah. At one point, I think it got as high as forty-five dollars, and as low as like three dollars. Jeez. In one day, it's like people. We have no idea the value of this. <laughs> we don't know. It's just a thing that doesn't actually have a thing with it. Exactly. It's, uh, I should have looked into what that stabilized at because it was it was exciting the day it came out. No, I can imagine. Um, um, yeah, so oh. we're we're on the internet. Uh, yep. You're listening to us on the internet. Congratulations. Yep. Um, uh, if I you didn't, uh, we want to know how you did it. So yeah, I want to thank our our two consistent listeners, uh, Ryan Merrill and uh, Ryan Drake. There you go. Thanks, Ryan and Ryan. Right. The two Ryans. Yep. <laughs> and um, also, uh, I guess we we can make a quick note of it. It uh, it is Veterans Day right now. I don't know if I'm, so. Uh, thank you to everyone who uh, who has served and is serving uh, our country right now. So thank you for you guys. So I I, do. I, I appreciate uh, my options in life. Yep, exactly. Wouldn't have them without you. True. So um, Michael T. Adams the second Twitter Facebook. Instagram, whatever. I don't care. I'm everywhere on social media. I don't. I don't do uh, Snapchat though. So, yep, that's not me. Yeah, I'm too old for that stuff. Yeah, exactly. Doesn't work for me anymore. Yeah. My uh, Internet Explorer four won't load it. <laughs> it's not an option. So. Okay. Uh, yeah, I don't know where to get from here. Good night, everybody. Yep, we'll catch you around. We say that I'll go to college.
while I'm leaving, and the cold just creeping. 